You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog of Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 284 of East Centrino's Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Executive video audio producer engineer Zach Burcham is uh, is sitting across from me. And on my left camera right is my forever co-host, Mr. Dakota Davis. Today's episode features the three of us, and we are going to be talking to you guys about the city election season is starting to fire up. We have candidates that are filing for office Then we're going to preview the Indiana General Assembly 2023 legislative session. It's about to start next week. We're going to talk about Governor Holcomb and his 2023 Next Level Agenda, what we think we might be seeing coming down the pipe in the legislative session. And then uh, we're going to talk a little bit at the very end about whether we're ever going to get a Speaker of the House. Make sure you stick around until the very end to hear our opinions on that. I mean, honestly, the way things are going, they may have it wrapped up before the show's over tonight. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. Uh, In Patreon, we learned that Dakota is not able to solve an electrical issue for one of his family members. It's true. You'll have to figure out which one it is. So we got to say thank you. To the folks that help us get on the air each and every week. Those patrons, including Christy Avery of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Norwex salesperson to the stars. They have a new catalog. Reach out to Christy. She'll get you one. Anthony Meyer, who uh, who's, who's our meme distributor. What I've learned to do with Anthony now is if I find a meme that I am... There's like three levels of getting a meme to Anthony. There's one he can just have posted and you laugh at it. There's one you can put in the official wall meme group chat. It, but my wife's in there, so sometimes I don't want her to know that I was complicit in some of the horrible memes that Anthony will put out there. So I, the, th- the third level, the holy grail of it, is that you send it directly to him, and he uses the meme. Done that a few times. I don't. That's, these are my secrets, Dakota. There was one time that I made a piece of original content meme, and I, it was sort of distasteful. I'm going to tell on myself here. So I released it on Reddit, where no one knew it was me releasing it in the memes some subreddit. Did it go well? And yeah, it went well in Reddit. And then, and then, Anthony Meyer posted it on his page, <laughs> <laughs> and I brought it up to him in the wall chat, and I said, "I'm glad to see my meme is doing so well on your page." And it, that got some laughs too. Yes. That's only happened to me one time ever seen. I, I've made a lot of memes, and I've only ever seen one like come back to me. Most of the time, they... You're a one-hit meme maker? Yeah, most a of the time. A one-hit wonder? They're flops. Anthony is the, the real creative genius. I think he's more of a distributor. And then we got to say thank you to John Phillips of Andy Moore, Buick, GMC, Fishers, Indiana, but also a resident of Newcastle, Indiana, Ward 2. 
That's right. We're going to be talking to jo- about Jonathan a little bit more. But I have an announcement to make. Okay. There's going to be a poll coming out on the Boss Hog of Liberty Facebook page. I don't want to have to boost this post or spend any money so that you can see it. So make sure that you go and look for it yourself. And it's going to be talking about what kinds of merchandise you want to see in our store that is forthcoming. Do we have to have a majority of people vote for it to have it become law or just a plurality? Just want some ideas. Yeah. T-shirts, long sleeve tees, sweatshirts. Do you want the logo on the front, on the back? What are, what are people's ideas? This is Jeremiah speaking. My perfect merch is logo on the front. Small? Maybe over the chest. Yeah. Yeah. Just the small logo on the small logo on the front. Long sleeve tee. That's my go-to. That's my fall, my fall attire. I like. Uh, I got plenty of t-shirts to wear in the summertime, but I need. I'm. I'm trying to step up my my long sleeve tee game in this in the fall and winter. We might have to do long sleeve tees. I've been getting them to them myself, so we'll see. We'll see. But with that being said, we can move on to talking more about Jonathan Phillips. All right. So there has been a mad rush to the uh, to the county election headquarters. The election office, the filing has opened up this week and will remain open until February 3rd Uh, today on social media. I guess yesterday it started. uh, I got a text from city councilman Aaron Dickin, who filed to run for reelection in uh, in Ward four. So we uh, I think he's technically a co-host of the show still. He is. So councilman uh, councilman Dickin is running for reelection. Noted patron John Phillips. Did in fact run in Ward Two and filed, and so did Jeff Hancock, his opponent. So we have our first official contested race. Is he, it, a lot of times we get these races and nobody's, you know, it's it's just one, you know, one or two or whatever. But there will definitely be a city election this year. Your second contested race will happen once Mayor York. I guess he did file. Uh, mayor York filed today along with Clay Morgan for mayor. So there's two contested races. Uh, along with Mike Guffey, who ran for re-election. Of course, we broke that news at the Christmas walk. Right. Yes. Mike told us he was running again. Uh, and then uh, City Judge Joe Lansinger ran, uh, filed for re-election as well. Um, we've heard from Councilman Peckinpah. I guess he did. Councilman Peckinpah posted on Facebook that he's back in the race, I think. So he's in. And then uh, Jerry Walden also has told us that he's going to be running for re-election. A lot of races filling up. Yeah, it's uh, shaping up to be a pretty good one. Um, unlike the last time that the city had municipal elections, in which don't say did they cancel the last time because they canceled. No, it. well, you had you had only certain precincts voted, yeah. right? So, like last time, former producer Chris and Jerry Walden were in a race. Um, they canceled the primary. There, there was no primary, yeah. uh, and I think I think there were only three of the three of the council districts had had competitive races. One of them, I can't remember who would run. I remember, I know that uh, Jeff Hancock had a challenger last time with, yeah. in Lisa Catron, and then Mike Mike Guffey was won the challenger, his. but then the incumbent backed like withdrew at the end of the. Oh, Mike Guffey had to win his race. He uh, he did have to win. He yeah. it was, that was the only Democrat versus Republican, um, and that's what's going to be interesting this time is that you have a much stronger Republican presence filing in the city yeah. already. We're having a having a mayor's race means that everybody in the city is going to have to have to vote, uh, and then you've got these these district races as well. So it's going to be a very 
it's going to be a very different municipal election because you ha- you're truly going to have a citywide election. You did not have that last time. Only three sevenths of the city is it? Are there seven council to seven to seats? Or there are five wards. Yeah, five so sixty percent of the city large. had to vote. Yeah, that's what it was. So yeah, sixty percent of the city actually voted last time. Where this time, one hundred percent is actually going to have the opportunity and something to vote for. Uh, and it'll be the first time you've had one hundred percent with a Republican on the ballot for mayor and these new fangled voting machines that we've been talking about. It's definitely going to be interesting. I know that we've had a conversation. We were texting with Clay during the midterm election. We're like, these straight ticket numbers make, you know, make your bid for mayor seem very possible. You know, so I definitely think it'll shake out to be an interesting race. Uh, we're gonna have we're gonna do our best to have both of them in here to talk it out. I would imagine, just like every other time, we'll have every every candidate that's on the ballot is going to be afforded the opportunity to come in, come through, make their case. Uh, I don't know that we're going to have anything in the primary. I would be at this point, I'm, I will feel surprised if we have a competitive primary for any yeah. of these races. Yep. Um, we don't have any surprise candidates yet, but that happens pretty often. Um, you get till February third. So you've got you've got almost an entire month as well to to wait to see what what's going to happen. If you got till February tenth to challenge someone on the primary ballot to a to a duel, yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> no, we don't do government like that anymore since Andrew Jackson and Andrew Jackson. Yeah. Okay. President. Okay. So, um, Zach, do you have any predictions on the city election? Anybody else that you think might be getting in or? You know, I, I know you attend these these meetings. Do you have any feeling for? Not really. I haven't heard anything from anybody else, and I haven't. Um, I mean, there were a couple of. I haven't seen any unfamiliar faces at council meetings, which is usually a, a can, can be an indication. Although you'd be surprised at like the number of people that run sometimes, and I've never seen them before, and I've been to as many meetings as about any councilman there. Um, so no, no signs from. I know they just had a meeting on Tuesday. Nothing out of the ordinary or anybody expecting anything. You feel like with the live stream, you can, you can make up for that. There might be. Yeah. I mean, like, um, Mike was one that I'd never seen until he got elected, but people do follow along and there's other ways of following along. So you never know. And I've never actually looked at, pulled the stream up while I'm there to check, to see like how many people are watching or gone back and check the views or anything. So, I know there are some people that watch them diligently. I do a lot of lurking at home now, yeah, watching tell, watching yeah, meetings. Cause, yeah, because once in a while I'll get a message from you with commentary on on what's going on in the meeting. So I will. I've watched a saddening number of county council, county commissioner, and uh, uh, zoning meetings, and then the the city council meetings on YouTube. I actually do do because I can I can multitask right. I don't have to be yeah. sitting there in the meeting, but I can be listening to it and still getting something done at home. So. Um, all this talk of transparency, it lets you it lets you know what the heck's going on. And I a- sometimes I feel like the the media reports as well, like the the Middletown News and those sort. I feel like those are sometimes coming out of that as well. Oh, I, I bet the Arbor. I'm trying to think of the name of the guy who's in there for the Courier now. Thurston, James maybe? Thurston, James Thurston. Yeah, so he's the that's like the third guy in a year, I think, or third person in a year to be representing the Courier in there. Um, 
So yeah, there's nobody else in there that I know of that's because a lot of times I can it's uh, myself and uh, landlord Mike and Patty and um, one small Scott Frost is in there and then I can't think of her last name but Valerie is her first name um, who's in there and then that is the core group of us that are in the peanut gallery with Carrie Barrett in and out and Corey Murphy in and out usually as needed for their business with the city. So it's a small group of us. So that if, yeah, there's new people there that I know we usually, Oh, new person. What are you up to? You're an official member of city government without being elected. Yeah. To anything. Yeah. Yeah. What committee do you want to get volunteer? Maybe for? they'll elect you speaker of the house, uh, for the, for the speaker of the speaker of the city government, since you don't have to be elected to, to be a speaker of the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're going to highlight two, two forms of government today, the Indiana General Assembly and the, uh, the state of Indiana government. And at the back end, we're probably going to end up contrasting it a little bit with the federal government, Dakota, <laughs> because yeah. so many of the complaints that I'm seeing on the federal government side are things that we do in Indiana well. The federal government, the the true believers ha- seem to be telling people we haven't amended a bill in 15 years on the floor. The only committee that actually makes any decisions is the rules committee. The speaker, the only vote that matters that I make all, all, all through my term as a congressman is when I vote for speaker. In Indiana, there's a little bit different process, and we've covered that on this show infinitely. Um, so we have a little bit more functional form of government in Indiana. Uh, the governor announces his priorities. They do have a re- Republican supermajority, so what the government, governor says he wants to do ends up being done very right. often, or his priorities matter. Uh, walk us through what you found in his uh, in his media session yesterday, and what you uh, what you think's coming. Yeah, so like you said, the uh, the governor, Governor Holcomb, Eric Holcomb, had a uh, little media session for lack of a better term, um, at where he unveiled the 2023 Next Level Agenda uh, for the state of Indiana. Um, if you've driven on any interstates in the state of Indiana, then you might recognize the name Next Level because we have Next Level Road programs everywhere. Um, so he said that he's going to be placing priorities on uh, education, public health, and public safety um, there were some other things peppered in there, but I think these were kind of the main the main points anyway. Um, education, we know we've been talking about this for a few years now, ever since Red for Ed really popped off, and we had you know we've been having rallies in the state house for every legislative session since. And he's hoping to increase tuition support in schools by six percent, which he says in turn would bring the average salary of Indiana teachers up to right at $60,000 a teacher. I mean, that's nearly double what teachers were making when I married one. Um, Well, this is the average. Right. You're going to have some that are quite lower than that, especially brand new ones in, uh, like, rural school districts. You know, brand new teacher at Shenandoah or Tri is going to be less than that. How do you do that without raising taxes? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's... I know, uh, I know Indiana's been picking up a lot more money off of gambling revenue. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think that they've they've looked at some things. They've got some different money coming in from different areas. Um, I know uh, we've definitely picked up the gambling revenue. Um, I think that I think that there's this issue where ever, it seems like 
every single year we have got a surplus in the budget. And he did say, he made a point to say that they had just uh, gone through with a, a, ba- a perfectly balanced budget. So it's like, are we not going to have, are we find another way to spend some of this extra money so that we don't keep putting money back and then we end up with billion dollars in surplus funds again? Which I, I think I would rather the state government spend more money on things like education, infrastructure, mental health, public safety, things like that, than get a $100 check in the mail every couple of years. Maybe. That's the, uh, I mean, that, that's, it's such a Republican supermajority that they're starting to talk like Democrats. That's, that's uh, what you're having, you know, and that's why, you're, and that's why you're seeing that. the challenges from the right. Uh, but when your party's been responsible for governing since 2004, uh, you can't blame anybody else if, think, if things are not going well. Um, right. the, the next thing that he has on his list is one that I, I have oh, to admit. There was also the point in educate. Oh, were you going to talk? Yeah. Okay. It, it, it is that textbooks aren't free. And Zach, you're, you're the parent with kids in school. I, when I was a kid in, you know, going to elementary school in New York State, there was no book rental fee that was just included in and it this this blew me away that you had you have to pay to rent or you have to pay to buy textbooks that belong to the school that they're not free i'd had yeah. no concept of that i don't know what the breakdown was but for my two i have a kindergarten i have a first grader and a fourth grader and to, together it was three hundred dollars um and that i don't know if that was for the year i have asked my wife if that's for the year do you like, own the books or you just you have to give no, them back just, or they're digital now um there are Both. some they get some workbooks that they work through um and then there's some textbooks that i never see um i mean i, I remember it was like your kid but we would get issued a book at the beginning of the year and you'd write your name in it and be next to the whoever was in the year before and you, you write your condition book. jeremiah morrill yeah good jeremiah morrill new school year um thing i'll ask i will text my wife and ask her if what the thing was but i know that a lot right before the uh, holiday break. It was about three hundred bucks, but for the between the two kids. I was gonna say, I think whenever I was in high school, I remember for some reason I remember one year it being like two hundred and forty dollars for my textbooks. That's just wild to me. I, I why it's not included. I it also makes no sense. How often do they replace them? Are they new uh, no, that often? So freaking old, dude. So yeah, it depends. How, how in the hell are you spending two hundred forty dollars on textbooks that are as old as you are? Like someone would be like. I mean, I think you'd see like a spelling book or something like that it might go for years. And then like, right. but science book might be like every five to seven. I think that the state has guidelines on when yeah. each subject has to be replaced. Yeah. But also like Zach said, sometimes you'll get like, like the phonics books where you're the hooked on phonics books. Like you're working through it and writing, writing. Yeah. My kids have down like simple solutions and- is there. They have a simple solutions, math and a simple solutions, language book. And yeah. they're working through those as a work, like it's a workbook. So those are disposable. Um, but they're going through like, I think once one a semester for each. We used to, I, there were a couple times when I was in high school where my class was a class that got new books. So the teacher gave us the old books and we would go, we would take them and burn them. That's what we always, not at school. We would take them home. Like my friends and I would get together. We burned the old books. I do remember. I do remember having books like I said. You remember 
you know, going back that there'd be a spot in the front of the book that you sign your name mm-hmm. and put the school year. I remember some books that had been around long enough that they were adding lines to that box, which probably yeah. had five or six spaces in it to, because it had been in circulation for that long. But like I said, that might be like a spelling book where a spelling book is not right. Doesn't need an update or whatever. Yeah. Uh, health. I remember my health textbook. I remember being in health class and some kid found his uncle. Yeah, that would happen. We had a lot like older siblings. You'd show up, but it was older siblings that were like from seven, eight years before. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, I think that Indiana is one of only seven states that has textbook fees still. So that's another thing that we're pretty far behind on. Maybe the governor's thinking about getting rid of things where Indiana is one of only a handful of states to still have. Yeah, apparently we're one of seven states that still has straight ticket voting and seven states that pass textbook fees. So maybe maybe we can get one of our uh, our legislators to tie them together and say, we'll get rid of textbook fees if we can get it rid of straight ticket voting, and, too. Right. Let's this, link them. And this isn't true for every school, I don't think. But like, what is odd is that my kids get free lunch at school and free breakfast at school, like the whole school. No, but you have to pay for the books. So like, right. hey, here's your breakfast. I think that isn't the... The free yeah, it's lunch separate, and breakfast. I think that's a federal government yeah, grant. Yeah, but it is an interesting thing. Like, oh, we'll feed you, but like, you need to pay for your books. <laughs> yeah. The food is based on the zip code, I assume. Uh, something like district. that, or even sometimes or school the, by school. I think yeah. there's times where... I think there's certain elementary schools even yeah, in the same district. That can be. No, I, I'm not sure if that was a... Yeah, I'm not sure. If, there's times it's school by school, and I think there's times where they try to make it like school like system wide. I'm not sure what that is. So I'm not going to say for sure what I, what I noticed, but yeah, I know that's a common odd thing. Uh, he also, the governor also said that he wants to come out with a plan that, uh, standardizes mental health crisis response all across the state of Indiana. He also wants to add more employees for the nine, eight, eight, uh, mental health distress line. So the suicide hotline, um, he's wanting to put a lot more money, behind mental health funding. He specifically talked about mental health funding in the state of Indiana, um, including, I think that was going to be, there was going to be like $5 million that was uh, supposed to be going to uh, PTSD in um, American veterans. So that was another thing that he mentioned on the public health side. Uh, He also specifically wanted to talk about, um, opioid addiction in the state of Indiana and how we can help fight um, the opioid epidemic. Um, They are rolling out some different programs for addiction treatment that is state funded. Uh, They're going to be coming out with a a finder on the website. So you'll be able to go to a website, find out where the nearest addiction treatment uh, that is publicly funded and closest to you is going to be at, and then you can go to that location and seek help for addiction treatment and therapy. And that money is going to be coming from the $500 million that the state is expected to receive from opioid manufacturer lawsuits. So that's a, that's where all that funding is going to be coming from. And that is supposed to fund it for um, some time. Like it wasn't going... He was expecting to be adding more in this realm for the 2024 budget as well. It's it's interesting to see that mental health is is actually getting the attention it needs. 
Indiana when they closed state hospitals kind of yeah, got rid of that function. Yeah, I was going to say that there's if you're old enough, you remember there used to be a time when states had a lot more or the state had a lot more going on that my mom was employed at a state hospital. They got shut down. And then I'm not sure if that's necessarily the same. It'd be curious. I wasn't old enough to, to be able to break down how that worked. But like we used to, our we have a prison outside Newcastle with the jail next to it now. And that used to be a mental health hospital, a mental hospital. I don't think that that was necessarily handling the types of people that need like just a little bit of help. The people my mom was working with there could not function independently right. ever. Like they were, now they're in group homes. They got scattered in the group homes and stuff, but they and, could. And now those, those cases are, um, Basically, it's been privatized, but they they still get money from yeah. the state yeah, they get in order to house yeah. them, take care of them, and if things you're, like that. If you're in Newcastle, there's quite a few of those homes that are kind of around. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there is a thing that's like, oh, we're going to get back. We're, we're going to really invest in this. And it's like, I'll say this. I don't think it was, if I recall correctly, it was Democrat governor at the time when some of that stuff got shut down. So. Well, a lot of that was federally funded as yeah, well. But they were just that, yanking. But that, that's a thing that the state in that, used to be more involved in. that in. era from 1998 to 2005, the state of Indiana was in a very different yeah. fiscal position uh, where bills weren't getting paid. And they were, I mean, the state was, the state was not doing well economically. We've right. come out with a, a reinvented economy on, on the other side of, of GM and Chrysler and, and you know, so many of the old legacy UAW shops Thanks disappearing. To uh, Spaniels. Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. Professor or Emer- uh, President Emeritus of Purdue University now, right? Maybe future senator. <clears throat> That's what the rumors say. Who knows? There's Maybe a, future president. We don't know. As his wife says no. We'll see how that one shakes out. Uh, state troopers, he wants to pay $70,000 or more a year. I guess based on right. inflation. That's just, uh, you know, they've got to. I don't, I don't know what a state trooper makes now starting out. Or, I because that's what he was going to be raising the starting pay to. So I, I could be wrong. Don't hate me, but I think that they're either they don't they're not start, but I think they're pretty quickly in the mid sixties. So it's not that's okay. not a huge. I don't think that's a, a huge bump. That might just be like an inflation rate. Yeah, and but they do, I believe, negotiate their own. Like when the state announced like salary changes, or whatever the state police are their own deal. They're off all by themselves. On all right, their fraternal order yeah, of police negotiated still. separately. So but I don't think that that's a. It looks nice because it's a threshold, but I don't think that's a huge bump for them. I'm, yeah, I, I'm watching and I'm previewing what we got coming up over here. <laughs> but the the house is as of right now attempting to adjourn again tonight. They're attempting to adjourn. If they can't get enough votes to say they're going to go home for the night, they just have to stay in session infinitely. And they're, they were tied until just now at 206. Now they're tied again, 207 to 207 to go home. And there's only 20 votes that aren't cast yet. Uh, I, I and a lot of these people may have already gone home. I want them sleeping on the floor. <laughs> I want yeah. them sleeping on the floor. It's literally 207 Democrats saying stay, 207 Republicans saying go home. And nobody else has cat. There, there's still 20, 20 votes outstanding. And so on the floor, and the heat turned back down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Back to back to the the governor's agenda, uh, Dakota. Holcomb also said that he wants to increase funding for fire departments um, because obviously the state does not really have a hand in how much firemen are making, or as my son calls them, firefighters. Um, so he wants to increase funding. For equipment and training for fire departments um, across the state. 
And I was kind of curious. I don't know. Nobody's made the case for that one. That's, That's a little a, yeah. bit of a flyer. Yeah. Because yeah. we've talked about a lot of issues on this show over the years, and I've not heard a hell of a lot of firemen say, I don't have what I need. I've, I've heard that from police officers. I've heard that from mental health. And I'm not saying that it's not an issue, but I've not heard that. I've heard it from EMS. We've seen Nicetown right. just shut, shut their EMS down. Yep. And we've seen fire department and EMS services combined in a number of areas. But we've not heard, hey, we don't have the money we need for training. And we have where we are, we have one professional fire department. Or I, think the only, I think the city of Newcastle is the only professional fire department. Everything else is volunteer yes. at the township level. Yeah. We have one, one township with two fire departments that are dueling uh, in Spiceland Township. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Dunreath and Spiceland are going to have a civil war. In oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Isn't the only way to solve that as a chili cook-off? Uh, yeah. I, think, I, I, forgot, <laughs> I, I, I forgot Dunreath is in Spiceland Township. I think some sort of a hose-off. Yeah. Spray I mean, each I other with fire hoses. there has to be some kind of, like, Olympics. Like, a, a, just like a Saturday battle royale, like a chili cook-off, a tug-of-war, like that game they play where they stretch the ball on a cable and they bounce it back and forth with a... F- yeah, there's some way to decide They're, they're that. trying to determine chain of command, and maybe it is an annual decision based upon who wins a chili... Maybe a charity chili cook-off. Yeah. I think we've... Dis- you've solved world peace, at least township yeah, peace. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I think that that's... Yeah. And is just it- so you guys know, we've judged them before. We have. We have experience. We have done it. I was going to say maybe the county commissioners or the township board could do it, but you're right. We'll do it as the the three of us will do it. Yeah. And remember, noodles don't belong in chili. <laughs> That's just incorrect. I'm not that picky. Oh, I'm see, now that. we got a, a left, a right, and a middle. I'm not that picky either. <laughs> I mean, I'll eat them without noodles. I'll eat them with noodles. All right. As long as it's got enough chili powder in it, Dakota, it's really you, bur- fine. you buried the lead. Is cannabis going to be okay? Yeah, so at the very end, I'm like, I was trying to look into things cannabis-related. There was a um, committee meeting in at the end of November, I think, um, basically this committee was looking at marijuana and recreational and medicinal uses. They had a lot of marijuana advocates come and speak at the committee. They also had people who were against it. Most notably, they had the president of the Indiana Prosecutors Association, I think is the name of it. Um, he was there talking about how, you know, marijuana basically stating the case against marijuana legalization in any form. There was a person there that was trying to represent um, uh, employee employer um, law, basically saying that Indiana has a hard enough time trying to find qualified employees. Uh, we don't need to make it easier for people to access drugs that would make them fail drug tests. Wait and- a minute. If you're saying it's going to make it harder to pat, can't you just legalize it and then the employers will stop screening for it? Well, one would unless, think, unless it's essential to their job. Unless yeah. it is a, you know, it's still federally there has to be some kind of regulation with OSHA doing a drug test after an accident. Don't worry, the federal injured, government like should be functional within hours. I work for a state agency. And we do not test for marijuana. But yeah, some employers are going to because you can't operate machinery. Yeah, my, my industry is always going to. Yeah, and there's a, there's a chance you could fall into a big yeah. kettle of of liquid steel and. Vaporize. Well, the difference is, is yeah. like testing. No one's drawing or t- testing to see if you drank beer thirty days ago. 
Yeah. When you get to your job in the morning. But if you but, have an accident, they might te- they might make you go do a blood draw. So I, let those people do that. They need to. Right. I mean, we, there is technology out there to tell if someone is currently intoxicated or under the influence of marijuana. We need to be doing that instead of seeing if they still have it and seeing if someone took a vacation to Denver, Colorado and four weeks after their vacation, they had an accident and you say, Oh, they were inebriated at the time. Cause that's just asinine. That doesn't work that way. Shouldn't have gone to Colorado centers. Uh, but anyway, in this whole commit, also the American cancer society was there and they said that if marijuana was legalized in the state, there needed to be legislation to prohibit smoking in any outdoor public space because it exposed people to harmful smoke. I thought that was interesting that they would show up and give that piece. Um, they should hang out with some of my kids' school because I smelled out of some of my kids' school today. <laughs> Picking my kid up from school. So When you were in high school, the high schoolers were smoking too. I don't know. I didn't know what it smelled like in high school. I didn't learn what... Cigarettes, weed, anything. Yeah, something. But I mean, like I... Got a hit of it today. Picking my, <laughs> picking my elementary school kid up. I was like, they were just really? trying to, to prepare. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, really? Yeah, somebody's probably hot boxing in the pickup line. But. Uh, Governor Holcomb did give his uh, own opinion he on the committee hearings, and he said that his opinion has not changed, and until it has been descheduled or legalized at the federal level, then he would not consider signing a bill that legalized marijuana in the state of Indiana. Sure. He's hiding behind that. The governor also doesn't have to agree to it. They can override him with the same people that passed the bill to start with. We'll see where it goes. He's an old fuddy-duddy. You know, if he runs for Senate, he can fix it. Because uh, we're going to have an open Senate seat. And then, more important than anything else, the governor said that he is in favor of Indiana having an official sandwich. That's right. He said that we could see a bill come down the pipeline that makes the breaded tenderloin the official sandwich of the state of Indiana. And I tried looking this. You you made this remark in the planning chat. Yes. So I tried Googling uh, Indiana session. 2023 tenderloin sandwich. And all I could find was articles that were like clickbait articles <laughs> telling you what were the best restaurants to find. Well, if you breaded tenderloins, if in you are a patron, you have, you have access to the super secret Facebook group and the show notes are in there. And I went back and I remade the show notes with a link to an article that references it. I, was, I saw it mentioned somewhere else a day or two. And then there was a tweet that I, uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to tell y'all. I found the tweet myself and I sent it to Rob Kendall and then Rob Kendall spun it up into Rob Kendallhood. Uh, but I, I, I started it. Um, what did Rob say? Can I, I'll do my best impression. All right. I don't, I can't do his voice, but I'll just say the words I think he said. Really? What a freaking joke. <laughs> Eric Holcomb is going to waste our time and our taxpayer money by making an official sandwich for the state of Indiana. Aren't there better things that he could be doing with his time? The, uh, their tweet came from Eric Berman, who used to be, I don't know if he's still at MS and WIBC. I know it's not MS anymore, but, uh, the talk radio powerhouse in Indianapolis. Uh, I think he's gone from there now, but Eric Berman, he said, Holcomb, there will be a bill to declare the breaded tenderloin Indiana's official sandwich. 
Kickback Kendall said, Holcomb in Indiana Republican Party has no plan to help you with skyrocketing property taxes, but they're all over an official state sandwich. They got to distract you. <laughs> and I hit that nail on the head. I've listened to enough Rob Kendall to know. <laughs> yep. I saw that and I went, oh my God. I saw some Rob Kendall on Facebook the this week. Only, the only thing that penetrated my radar from the governor's speech on that date was the tenderloin thing. That was the first thing that came through. Twitter knew what I wanted to hear. Uh, and that was, that was the news that came through. And I think we, that is going to piss some people off. Your priorities are out of whack because Rob is right. As we've seen property taxes increase, or it, we, we're going to see property taxes increase, not because the, the rates going up and maybe it's the money yeah. that's going to pay for all of these new teachers Crazy. and money and all the, that's where all the found money is going to come from is because you're, $75,000 house is worth 150 and your quarter million dollar house is now a half million dollar house. Or depending on the neighborhood, your $75,000 house is now worth $300,000. And there is a, there's no mechanism that says that they can't charge you $5,000 a year on your half million dollar house. The only restriction that's in place is it, they can't go more than 1% Percentages. of, of the assessed value and your assessed value can, can increase pretty quickly, like twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year. I know in the time I've owned my house, my property taxes have have increased about forty percent. Now it's not they're not asinine and Indiana still has damn low property taxes compared to a lot of other states, but it is going to make a difference. And yeah, for sure. And there's going to be some people that are very frustrated by it. And there you're going to have people that are going to say, I have to I can't I'm not going to sell my house. I'm trapped in my house. What are we going to do? Those, these are all, these are the kinds of issues that a state that's doing very well has, right? We're not arguing over how are we going to pay for schools next year and are we going to fire a bunch of teachers, fire a bunch of cops. They're talking about trying to raise rate wages. They're talking about trying to invest in programs that are, that are good for this, for society. So Indiana is in a pretty solid spot. You are, you know, you're take, trying to take a B to an A plus, right? The federal government, Dakota. <laughs> Very different scenario. Where it's not looking so hot. Muncie's congresswoman, Victoria Sparts, born in the Ukraine, but uh, one of the most conservative members in the, uh, in the House of Representatives, who theoretically is trying to run for U.S. Senate. Uh, she has ma- been making news, and she's actually on the live CNN broadcast right now, She's one of 434 members of Congress that have been showing up, members of the House of Representatives, and they have to have a majority of people vote for a speaker. And on the first two ballots, she was solidly with Kevin McCarthy. And then she's just started voting present. So they've just had their 11th ballot for Speaker of the House, and she's been voting. She's just been there. She just says present. That's that's, That's her gig. That's what she said. It's very interesting for a rookie, you know. For she's not a rookie. She's not. Oh no, this is her second oh, this term. This is just a different district. Like yes, size. she got she got redrawn. So I think she's she's so generally re- represented term. Hamilton County and Fishers and that area. Okay. Uh, but yeah, she just got drawn into Muncie. So Janine Lee Lake beat uh, was was her her opponent, but uh, Victoria right. won won re-election. Um, things so we've she, learned this week. She never made my radar before. Things things we've learned this week. You don't have to be a member of Congress to be the Speaker yeah, of the House. Didn't know that. Um, 
Justin Amash, who was a was elected to Congress, I think he served eight years or four terms from Grand Rapids, Michigan. His last term, he he served as a libertarian. He was elected as a Republican, and his biggest criticism of the House of Representatives, he said that when you get elected to Congress, you only get to count, vote, count one vote that matters, and that's your vote for Speaker. After you pick the Speaker, you're powerless. You're shut out of every meeting, every conversation, everything that's happening. Essentially, bills get dropped on you, and you have to vote yes or no, and that's it. Uh, and the Rules Committee is the committee that does all of the work. It's really not the Ways and Means. It's not the Ag Committee. It's not all of these other groups and subcommittees that we have in Indiana that bills actually get worked on and talked about. Uh, they have not had a floor amendment since 2015. So in Indiana, we have a first reading, a second reading, a third reading, and we go through and you can, you can offer all these amendments and they'll debate and they'll have conversations. U.S. Congress is not used to doing that at all. We just don't do, we do, you know, it's not been that way. Uh, and as embarrassing as this probably is for the country and frustrating because nothing has actually happened. It's been the most work that these guys have had to do of actually having real debates and real conversations and solving issues in my adult lifetime. Does that, does that make sense to you, Dakota? Yeah. Um, and essentially what you have is you have like five or six people that absolutely will not vote for Kevin McCarthy, who is the, uh, the Republican leader. Uh, and they only have a four seat majority. So if every Democrat votes, they can only allow to lose, allow themselves to lose four. There's been some fun pettiness that has happened uh, on Sunday night, Monday night. I think this all started. They gaveled in on Tuesday. I've lost track of the days, Dakota. Yeah. This is the third day. So on Tuesday, they they started doing this. So on Monday night, the McCarthy people felt pretty good. So they started moving his stuff into the speaker's office. That's where it all went wrong. They moved the furniture in. And then he lost on the first ballot. And they thought, well, maybe the guy's going to lose five or six spots and you know, it'll be a protest deal and that'll be it. Well, on the first vote, he lost 19 of the Republicans. So Akeem Jeffries of New York state had the most votes and then they did it again. They all coalesced around a, another candidate and the candidate had said, no, I don't want it. Jim uh, Jordan out of Ohio and 19 votes again. And then the next ballot comes out and it's at 20 votes. And then they're like, okay, fine, we'll go. They gave up. They they just voice vote adjourned to go home. Tried to figure it out overnight, and then the next day they started losing sparks as well. So now they're at twenty one people that are not voting for McCarthy. They've now voted eleven times. Kevin McCarthy, who has moved his stuff into the speaker's office, has not finished in first place in a single one of these votes for speaker. He's finished second. That's the funniest part to me, is that there's two hundred and twelve Democrats that have voted together every time, and McCarthy's now down to two hundred votes. So it's 212 Democrat, 200 Republican. And this, this is the other thing I had no idea of. You can't do anything until you elect a speaker. That is, it's like a boot loop. It's like you're yeah. trapped in a boot loop. If you're, yep. if you're trying to turn a computer on, it's like, okay, you have to get past this screen. Oh, you can't do it? We can turn it off. Because they're, the ones, that, they're but, the ones that decide what gets seen and what doesn't. They accept the rule. They set yeah. the rules. I mean, they don't even get sworn in. There's nobody that's a – Greg Pence is not a congressman right now. He's a congressman-elect. We don't have a congressman. So these people don't have... They're not getting security briefings. So if you served on the Armed Services Committee, they can't talk to you. There are department heads that say, yeah, uh, sorry, we can't talk to you. You're, just, you're a nobody right now. 
So you're trying to call up the Department of State and try to solve somebody's passport issue. They're not helping you because you're not a congressman's office. They're they're just they're not helping you. Their staff, as of next week, is going to stop getting paid. So they're all saying, uh, Kevin McCarthy says, oh, we'll go 500 votes. I don't care, which would be months, right? They're getting three or four votes a day. Nobody's going to get paid. They're going to have, at some point, they're going to get hungry. There's like 85-year-old people that have to stand there and vote every day. Like, this is three or four days of this. Okay, yeah, fine, sure, whatever. Um, but it's, there's going to be a breaking point, and I don't know what it is. I'm looking at it going, at some point, if there's five people that absolutely won't vote for McCarthy, it's going to be one of two things. It's either going to be some Democrats come over and say, fine, let's just stop the bleeding and we're going to do this, and five or six of them vote for McCarthy, and then they're just done. Or the Republicans give up and find somebody else that they can actually get pushed through. And I don't know which one it is, but it's just a game of stubbornness. But eventually nobody's going to get paid. Or some Republicans go over and vote for Hakeem Jeffries. Hakeem Jeffries. Well, as they start voting present, what that does is it just drops the number that they have to have. Right. They can't have very many people not there because if the 212 for the Democrats keep showing up, Hakeem Jeffries is going to be elected Speaker of the House. Right. And that's why, would you say they have to, they're trying to vote for to adjourn and the Republicans can't get the votes together because the Democrats are like, we're staying. Yeah, we're staying. We're staying. All, they, all 212 stayed and they voted and it was... Yeah. They literally just voted to adjourn until noon tomorrow. They had been doing three votes a day. They start at noon, and they've been trying to get, finish up around 5 o'clock. Yesterday, they barely got out of there at 5 o'clock, uh, so they had done six. Today, they voted five times, and they were a whisper away from not getting to adjourn there. It's unreal. It really is. This has not happened since... They went, they went nine rounds 100 years ago. Yeah, 100 years ago. And now they're into like pre-Civil War. I, something tells me I need to start studying up my history from the from the 1920s because stuff's coming around. Like, it's just like a little pandemic to kick it off. <laughs> the more things change, the more they stay the yeah, same. Yeah, you're just like, man, it's like if this is, yeah. So uh, as I look at it, there's, there's basically these 21 votes that are saying no every time. Uh, no to Kevin McCarthy. About half of the ones that are saying no, I think, are truly just trying to get real order. They're they're kind of following the the Justin Amash version of hey, we haven't had any any actual debate and any actual power for individual members of Congress, and we're all supposed to be equals. And then there's about five to ten of them that are just there because they're pissed off at Kevin McCarthy, or they are trying to raise money and elevate their profiles. Right? They're in hardcore yeah. Trump area. Even though Trump endorsed Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, tr- Trump has endorsed McCarthy. Uh, Zach's favorite uh, congresswoman, uh, Taylor Green out of Georgia. She's, she's on Team McCarthy. It's not like it's, it's not a left and a right. It, it, it's, it's just these weird factions that have developed. Yeah. But what, what has been interesting, the, the other key part of this, is that apparently CNN, or not CNN, C-SPAN, once they elect a speaker, has to follow the rules that the speaker puts in place for where the cameras and how they operate. And until they have a speaker, oh, like C-SPAN a, can do whatever the hell they it's want. It's like the Wild West. They can just yeah. go wherever. So they're just zooming in and watching this person talk to that person, and they are catching all of the background. Oh, there I mean, are going to be so many gifts out of this week because these members are having to be in the, in the room and actually talk to each other. 
they go like full gorilla media and just run around like crazy. Yeah. There's been bad lip reading out there now uh, based upon them. That. It's been it's been spectacular. The, the meme economy is going to benefit very much, at least after the first couple of days. It's comical because it's just it's what politicians do. It's what they deserve. <laughs> at some point, though, like shit's not going to get funded. Like I don't know, you're oh, a federal, yeah. you're a federal employee. At some point, it's going to be a problem for you. They can't go three months without you know passing spending bills. Luckily, they just passed. Did they just pass? They passed some. Yeah, that's one of the main concerns yeah. is that they did a yeah. massive thing to finish the last Congress, and and that's been one of the debate points. Is hey, you told us to, you could trust us that you would be come in and you would pass this. Well, thank God we didn't because there would be no for Congress. Yeah. So, but they, these people have their families. They're waiting to take the oath of office. You're a brand new congressman. You're coming into town with your family ready to ready to get sworn in. Kids are out of school from Idaho or whatever. <clears throat> Wait around Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and you still haven't taken the pictures or done anything. And you don't start getting paid till you get sworn in. I'm guessing. Yeah, I, yeah. They, 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 can you imagine when their staff stop getting paid and they have to go get their own coffee? Or you're trying to start a staff? You're trying to hire a staff? Awful. Yeah, just off. I mean, they have to go get their own coffee, like some kind of. Imagine just, having to pick up your own lunch. Yeah. Oh, your own dry cleaning, like a commoner. <laughs> what do I have to drive? But they can't get into the congressional gym. <laughs> yeah. God help whoever actually gets the job of being the speaker of the house. What do you think, Dakota? Is this gonna? When's this gonna get resolved? I don't know. I've been following it just for the funny. Parts. You know, I has, up, you know who hasn't done any leadership yet, and I haven't heard him make a single speech or make a wave. Our congressman. Yeah, not a word. Pence. He's voted for McCarthy every time. I haven't seen a speech. I haven't seen anything. But these guys do have to go to the floor every time to vote. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing is, it's not you don't just press the button on the machine. You have to wait on your name to get called, yes. and then you have to answer. And then if you don't answer, you have to go back at the end, and they clean up the people that were in the bathroom or whatever. Or we're off in meetings. Oh, that sounds, that sounds like they deserve it. Like, that sounds tedious. Like, they're basically going through, like, a That's high school so graduation good. ceremony just over and, <laughs> and over and over. No, they're just taking attendance, Zach. I know, but, yeah. But it's just four, attendance. But for 430, 434, whatever. It's supposed people. to be 435, but uh, somebody yeah. died. Uh, so, 434. So That's what I'm talking about. Like, it's like a high school graduation where you had to listen to them read off every single name. And... And they know it's it's a lost vote at the C's. Like they literally get to the C's, and it, they know it's a, they're screwed. But they have to go through them all. But in the C's, they know this is a waste of time. But they until they get an agreement, they have to. That's the only thing they can do. The clerks have got to just be ready to scream, and they're running the they're running the house. They're they're in charge. It's yeah. It sounds. I mean, just it's funny. It's so funny to me because it's like there's no. For the average person, at least for a little while, this is it doesn't affect us at all. But for once, it's something that is just wildly embarrassing and inconvenient to actual Congress, who normally are sitting there with no actual impact to themselves at all, while the rest of the country is like on the verge, like you know, when the government's about to shut down, it's Congress gets paid. It's the federal employees that are just trying to work that aren't going to get paid. And this is funny. This is kind of coming back on them. Joe Bishop Henchman, I know, I know we want to be done, Dakota. Joe Bishop Henchman was the chairman of the Libertarian Party for a while, and he's he's very plugged in. He lives in D.C. Um, he tweeted out that the congressional calendar, and they only work twelve Fridays a year. Like that's it. 
They do, they do not work that many Fridays. They work four day weeks generally, and they weren't going to be there this Friday. And they just added their thirteenth, and it's tomorrow. They have to come back tomorrow now. These people were all supposed to fly out today, go home to their districts, have it done a little bit of a ceremonial week, whatever, and go home, and that's it. And now it's yep, you're coming back tomorrow. So they already are all pissed off because they've all had to cancel their flights, change their flights. They're not supposed who, to be uh, here. Who breaks teams first? A Republican or a Democrat? At some point, my my prediction is that Kevin McCarthy is going to say, okay, fine. You obvious, I can't get elected. We've got to move on. Yeah. And and don't just... I don't actually... Because if, if, if that guy stepped aside, they would find somebody and they would get it done. I don't... But they don't want to... Give yeah. be shamed into having lost. Just based on what I'm like, I'm seeing. I haven't really been paying that close attention. I think the Republicans are going to have to get straightened out because the Democrats seem like they're very unified. And ultimately, this doesn't look bad for them. This looks like they're not really in power. They're voting how people expect them to vote. It's the Republicans that are just kind of having this whole cluster, and so they'll just sit back and let this go for because it looks. And eventually, if it breaks down to one of them getting elected speaker, great. But other than that. Let the Republicans eat themselves. Uh, my dad's pointing out in the chat that Rob Kendall uh, says that the that Kevin McCarthy has now lost as many times as the Indianapolis Colts. 11. 0 and 11. At least the Colts won a few along the way. That's the thing. He's not even finished first. He's McCarthy has been second place 11 yeah. times. He's lost 11 times. It's been, I mean, it's, I saw somebody, uh, a comedian, Patty Vasquez from Chicago, and she also was in some politics, and she posted like a video of Mike McCarthy on the, on the House floor, and it was a video of like a kid from one of the, Kevin McCarthy, floor. Mike McCarthy Kevin coaches McCain. the Dolphins. Yeah, Kevin, I would, I'm, I'm McCarthy. in, I'm in for Mike McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, let's go, Pat. No, I'm Mac. sorry, I'm sorry, wait, 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 wait. Pat Mike McPhee. McCarthy coaches the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. Okay. Who but, the hell coaches? Mike McDaniel but, coaches was, the Dallas, the Philadelphia the, kid. The other one of those, like, um, oh, I can't think of what it was, like those Japanese, but it's a kid who's up and there's like a swing arm that's covered in pads. And every time he stands up, it just knocks him down again. He just keeps getting up and looks around and just knocks him over again, over and over again. And that was just kind of, I mean, for the comedy, it's been great. So these, pe- these are not people that are, are used to losing. No. And, and I don't feel bad for any of them. No. No, yeah, the, the, that's bad. the best part about it is, is it's a group of people that you don't have to feel bad for at all because they're all rich going in. They're going to come out suspiciously rich when they're done and they'll done <laughs> <laughs> like curiously rich. Like somehow they get paid a, what a hundred and some thousand, but after two years they'll be millionaires at some point. It's just going to turn into physical toll of they have to keep doing yeah. this and who's going to drop, right? How, how late are they going to go tomorrow? Are they going to finally just say the hell with this? They went five ballots today. I, I don't know who the oldest member of Congress is, but there's people that were born in the 1930s that are serving. So they're in their upper 80s. Yeah. It's funny. because Gram- Grandpa's up past his bedtime. Yeah. I don't feel bad for any of them. Just like Dakota. No, me either. All right. Zach, you got any predictions? No. I'm just going to sit back and watch and laugh. Who, who's the speaker going to be? McCarthy? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I think it's somebody else because I can, can you imagine if we go like days and days and days and they just like the first guy that they chose to be, like, what was the point? That's what's happened every other time in the, when this has gone hundreds of, uh-huh. they, they've, they've gone with the other one. Uh-huh. It could be Jeffries. I'll give you, I'll give you the three choices. Jeffries. Uh, good Lord. Um, 
I keep wanting to say McConnell. McCarthy? Uh, yeah, Jeffries McCarthy or somebody else. A third path. Somebody else. Dakota? Uh, Justin Amash. Why the hell not? Christy says pick Justin Amash. I, I think it's going to be somebody else, too. I don't think it's going to be. I think McCarthy just simply doesn't have the votes, and I don't know how long it's going to take him to recognize that. I'm going to laugh my ass off if it's Jeffries. I'm gonna, that's mm-hmm. going to be the funniest thing ever is if they lose, be, if the Republicans have, have the votes and lose the House. I think that would be really fascinating because you would hope it wouldn't happen because let's look at what they're doing now. You would hope then that that would force some level of cooperation because how insane would it be to have a Congress that's controlled by one party in vote count? but is actually the house is being controlled by the other party in terms of getting anything. So they would in your hope would you be, almost have divided. They government. would have to be cooperative. There would have to be some level of cooperation. How do you, handle, how do you handle committee assignments? How do you handle yeah. All of that stuff is just a, just an absolute quagmire, but it would be interesting. Maybe that's, to see, the, maybe that's how we should rewrite the constitution. The minority party gets to pick the speaker of the house. Yeah. It would, they just get to appoint someone. As a political experiment, it would be very interesting to see how that would work. I, I hope that what happens here is that these people haven't actually dealt with each other and talked to each other and been in the same room because they all just run to their offices right out on the floor and do what they want to do. And this actually creates a little bit of a network where there are some relationships formed that benefit the country two years down the road, four years down the road, six years down the road and reasonable people find each other the same way we we're able to do at the local level here. Yeah. That's what I would hope. That's Pollyannic as hell, but that's, that's yeah, my, I mean, that's, that's my one hope thing. It was like, it'd be fascinating if they could like make it work, but like they can't. Yeah. So how amazing would it be if like, yeah, eventually they'll settle. Eventually they'll settle up and they will all vote to control more of our lives and raise our taxes some more. All right, Zach, you got final thoughts for me? No, no, I mean not too much. It was a bummer of a week for anybody. Um, I did. We did hear good news if anybody watched Monday Night Football. A guy dropped dead on the field, like literally went into cardiac arrest. He apparently is awake and is concerned about who won the game. So that's fantastic news. Um, so is everybody else at this point. Yeah, that's that's going to be the next. Yeah, far secondary, but trying to figure out how to handle that game because it's two of the top three teams in, yeah. the, in the AFC. And then as a car guy. Um, well, then, like, well, Barbara Walters passed away last weekend, and I don't know anybody. Like, my generation kind of knows her because we all watched TGIF on Friday nights, and that was 2020 with her and Hugh Downs was on there. Um, and I then remember Hugh, Hugh Downs getting his uh, surgery. Total knee replacement? He yeah. watched it. I remember, I wa- yeah, I watched it. He watched his knee be replaced on a TV and was awake. And he's like, I can't really feel the pain, but I can feel the, my bones shaking because, you know, they're using <laughs> hacksaws. And then uh, anybody that's uh, Facebook friends with me knows that I'm super bummed about the passing of Kim Block. And if anybody is a car person, um, they understand that um, how big of a juggernaut that man was and how much the automotive world will never be the same because of Kim Block and trying to put into words what that guy has done for cars, car people. Um, and people don't know him. He was the, a co-founder of DC Shoes. So he started designing skate shoes um, because his tennis shoes were getting torn up by skateboards. And then he eventually sold out of that for like somewhere approaching $100 million and decided he wanted to be a rally car driver. And it turns out he was really good at it. Um, and I'm tr- trying to put into words what he was, is like, like almost the Tiger Woods of cars in that he didn't 
wasn't the best of the, he won a lot of championships. He was very good, but he brought it into like a, he brought it into consumer in, media yeah, consumer with his media YouTube channel. And just, yeah, his, if, go look up Jim Connor videos and watch all 10 or 12 or whatever of them are. They're fantastic. Um, he just released the last one. The most recent one was actually done by Travis Pastrana, um, who was also kind of in a similar league with him. But uh, he did one with an electric Audi that they don't even know how much it cost. It was probably like a $2 million car um, in Vegas. And it's, a, it's an amazing video the way they shoot him. So that was a bummer. Like, I'm still kind of just like, it was a, he was a, a super cool guy. It'd be nice to have seen. Like I was catching up with dinner with racers. I love to have had a dinner with racers with with Ken Block. It would have been fantastic. Um, but other than that, just snowmobile accident too. It wasn't, yeah, it random wasn't, snowmobile accident. I think with his family, um, and he was by himself at the moment. I guess, but was with, out with people um, at the time. And if anybody's watched video of what this guy's capable of doing, it's like you hope that nothing like that would happen to him. But he's like he hung a car off the side of Pikes Peak. Um, doing one of his videos. So, so, yeah, just one of those tragedies. And then I think there was another uh, guy that's done like the trucks for some Pierce. So I can't think of his name. He, they brought him up on Hinge and Rossi's podcast, passed away in a scuba diving accident. So it's like, it's been a rough start to the year. So it always feels like, oh, we got all this optimism and it kind of gets crushed a little bit. <laughs> it's just like a rough start. But hopefully the year will smooth out. Um, we'll be entertained for a couple more days by Congress doing their thing. And, uh, other than that, no, not really. Just I'm plugging away. I'm still running. So, Dakota, um, I'm just going to say that I'm looking forward to next week's show. Uh, it should be a good one. Uh, we're going to hopefully be having Travis Thompson on, who's uh, going to be putting on a uh, 5K, 10K, and a half marathon in the city of Newcastle. So it'll be. Good to talk to Travis about uh, his background in running and uh, what uh, what's any other events that are go- coming on in Newcastle. So should be good. Might be another foundational event for uh, for the city. Uh, for me, final thoughts here. Very interesting news from the uh, from the world of General Motors and uh, Andretti Autosport, based in Indianapolis. Uh, Michael Andretti, Mario Andretti have been trying to start an F one team. So if you're a driver for Survive. Drive to Survive fan, you're familiar with F1, uh, most expensive budgets in the world. They tried to start a team, and F1 said, yeah, no, go away. We don't want you. The only way we could possibly want you is if you bring a new manufacturer in to the series. And today they announced they have General Motors. Hold my beer. With Cadillac. Yeah. That's insane. I saw that, and I was like, checkmate. (laughs) Dude just pulled. The biggest automaker in North America they just passed Toyota again and got back to first place, and now they are going to go F1 racing. I want to see the FIA tell them no. <laughs> I want to see them tell Cadillac no, whose, whose motto is literally the standard of the world. Tell them no. Uh, yeah, good for – and it was a, kind of a weird announcement during the week last week that he had joined up with Wayne Taylor Racing, and they're going to be going – like, Racing Cadillac. Racing Cadillac. You're like, well, that's a weird combination. And all of a sudden he drops this, and you're like, oh. <laughs> oh. Does the door crack open for that one? And he was like, yes, I want to see. Yeah, because they, they – like, and it's literally – it's not that – oh, it's not that we don't think you could add something to the series. It's that these teams that have these nine-digit budgets – want don't want to share any money so they don't want another team because another team comes up then they lose their share of this and they don't want to share anymore um it's not a good reason it's just a money reason so like i want you to go okay go tell go tell cadillac no 
Go tell them we don't want your money. We don't want your, your investment, money. your technology. And they're going to be based. They're probably going to be a more American F1 team than the Haas team is that's based in North Carolina. Andretti is building a powerhouse of a facility just Monster. 45 miles away from where the studio sits yeah. in Castleton, Indiana, or Hamilton County, Fishers, whatever. Yeah, Fishers. The I-69 corridor. So, anyway, with that, we've got more to watch, more to be excited about. Uh, we'll be back next week. Every day in January is getting longer, Dakota. There's more than 30 minutes of extra daylight in this month, than at the end of this month, than there was at the beginning. There we go. Optimism. We're going to find optimism. With that, we'll see you next week.